All right, it is the Drink 5 podcast, and we are here talking about uh, week three in the NFL. All right, guys, so my name is Jason. Uh, I am joined, as always, by Dave. Dave uh, and I are the creators of Drink 5. Dave! That's right. So uh, we are joined tonight by our buddy Mike. Mike, say hi to everybody. Cheers, guys. All right, Thanks Mike, for having me on. Mike Mosarino, he's uh, our um, player profiler. He's our injury updater. Um, so he's here this week to let us know... You know, a little bit about what's going on in the league. Um, you know, we're going to talk about what happened in week two, talk about some injuries, talk about who to look at on the waiver wire, uh, preview week three. And, um, of course, the most important thing that I need to know from each of you is, what are you drinking? And and I have uh, an interesting soundboard to play throughout the evening. Could you guess what it is from those two sound clips that I already played? Uh, I don't know. I, I cannot guess yet. All right. It's I, the- will, I will... Don't don't tell us. I won't tell you. We'll guess later. You can you can decide if you can figure it out. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna occasionally hit this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. from that one show. Yes, exactly. Uh, I I am drinking tonight. I've got uh, some key lime from Four Hands, and uh, I I suppose that uh, what's well, supposed to be be uh, enjoyed with street tacos or grilled chicken. Fucking a. But uh, today we're just gonna you know we're just gonna do it. It's gonna so be which one? Which one of us is doing that shit? That must be me, right? Because I just did all kinds of crazy things on my computer. All these, all these. What are you, what are you drinking, noises. Mike? Um, I am going to have one of these uh, contact high limes. It says key lime right on the uh, the can, but it's actually contact high. I don't know if you've had uh, the contact high from Four Hands, but really good IPA, and this is uh, just some lime added. No, some something's kind. going on. I don't. I can't even tell what the name of this beer is. So. Uh... <laughs> Looks like a carnival. It says bonus when lit. Mm. <laughs> all right, we'll have to uh, do that for science. We'll go all the way to Colorado and try it out. Uh, so we, uh, I am drinking the Octillion Oktoberfest beer from Ale Asylum. Uh, Ale Asylum is a brewery from just over the border in Wisconsin. Uh, so this is the Marzen Oktoberfest style beer. Um, I, I like those styles of beer. I don't like them too much. I don't like the pumpkin beer that much, so this time of year, all the seasonals, I kind of pass them by. But you know, I'll enjoy an occasional Oktoberfest. This is a good one of them. And we've got uh, Glenn listening in the chat room, uh, drinking Lagunitas and Jack. So, cheers to that, man! Uh, I'm going to grab us a little more whiskey too in a second, so we can join you in the beer and whiskey. Yeah, I believe tip. we have the Evan Williams single barrel tonight. Is that the bottle that we're dipping into? That's right. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I was going to guess Rick and Morty, but that last part wasn't from Rick and Morty. Cowbell! Oh, so it's an SNL one. Well, you're getting or closer. Is it, is it just the cowbell sketch? <laughs> well, let's let's continue this mystery as we as we get further into the show. Ah, ha, ha, ha. But, right. but week two, man, uh, how, about, how about the injuries there? <clears throat> so week two is in the books. It, you know, came and went pretty quick. Um, and it's crazy, you know, after waiting all offseason, week one takes forever to get here, and then week one goes by like that. So, of course, after everyone's played a little bit, there's going to be a freaking bazillion injuries. So, for a rundown of all the injuries and some details, make sure you go to our website, check out Mike's column uh, for the in- Week 2 Injury Roundup. Um, and there's a lot of injuries. We're not going to dwell on them too long because there's so many of them. Um, but I want to focus on when they're next going to play. And uh, if they have a fantasy-relevant replacement, we'll talk about them on the waiver wire pickups. Yeah, perfect. What's tricky about a lot of the injuries, and I'm sure we're about to get into it, is you know there's not a lot of timetables available right now. There's just a lot of right. a lot of question marks in the air, waiting on lots of results and how guys are feeling. And 
what side of the bed they're waking up on. So Yeah, know. and one of the things that we run into, I think, on Tuesday night is that Wednesday is the first um, injury report that teams have to release. So unless they're playing on Thursday night, you're not going to get any official news from the teams until Wednesday. That's fine for the most part fantasy-wise. Obviously, we can't give you the most up-to-date, but we'll tell you the guys that you need to look at, including Jimmy Garoppolo, who basically the latest news on him is that the Patriots are putting pressure on him to play. They're saying, come on, Tom's had this injury a couple times before. He played. Come on, Jimmy. Yeah, rub some dirt on it and get out there. (laughs) Don't make us play Jarrett Brisket or whatever his name is. Julian Edelman. Well, Julian Edelman would be better. (laughs) the backup but oh well the I'd backup of the, love to see him get in there that'd I be mean, great yeah he's you guys like are kidding around the emergency about julian edelman being better that's ridiculous <laughs> let's be honest one of them's at least a quarterback in the nfl so right. if he's got a lot on julian edelman although i i must say i i, I would love to see julian edelman play quarterback for a quarter or two because sure. you know it wouldn't be longer than that no it would not be <laughs> but it's like a you know a outfielder coming into pitch and i like what i'm hearing so um, the first guy, is, you know, Josh McCown, uh, he has a shoulder injury. He's got a multi-week absence. Um, his replacement is pretty much irrelevant, right? I mean, who who is his guy? Um, the the guy behind Cody Josh Kessler. Cody Kessler, rookie, right? Yep, rookie. Yeah, I don't I don't see that uh, working out very well for anybody on the fantasy side of the Cleveland Browns. Um, mm-hmm. it, perhaps you know um, Isaiah Crowell could have a good week here and there. He certainly had an awesome game last week. He had an 85 yard touchdown run. Um, but Josh McCown out for multiple weeks. We know that for sure, at least. Yeah, um, that that we know. Kind of like you said. I mean, it's Cleveland Brown players. Uh, I don't think anyone really gets a bump from that, and. Uh, it's a dumpster fire over there. <laughs> Very accurate. <laughs> um, Go Steelers. And then Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, also shoulder injury. He's questionable. Um, you know, it sounds like the Patriots really want him to play on Thursday night. So if that's the case and he wants to stay on the team, he better play. Because they're not going to keep him around if they think he can play and he says, you know, that he won't. Um, so then we've got... Uh, Andy Dalton, another quarterback, he had an ankle injury. He played through the injury. Uh, I doubt that he would miss any time. And, um, you know, did did you guys watch that game a little more closely mm-hmm. than I did? Did he uh, look worse after the injury? Did he look a little hobbled? Was he affected by it? He was hobbled, but I wouldn't say he looked worse. Um, you know, the, the good quarterbacks just suck it up and get out there. Sure, and, they uh, really do. You know, he looked fine. How about I, Carson I Wentz wouldn't... taking hit after hit yeah. on Monday night? You know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried about Andy Dalton. Okay, uh, Jay Cutler has ligament damage in his right thumb. Um, very conflicting reports here. I've read two different things today. One of them was basically that um, he was going to be out for six months, and that would mean the end of the season for him. The other one was that you know they're considering playing him this week, and he doesn't need surgery or anything. Um, so I have no idea how that's going to go. I assume we'll know at least a little bit more on Wednesday. But the Bears, kind of like the Patriots almost refuse to give you any kind of information. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the situations where I I really don't care if it's Jay Cutler or it's Hoyer the Destroyer. Uh, to Hoyer be the Destroyer. So I'm not starting Jay Cutler uh, if I'm in a fantasy football league, but if I'm an Elshon Jeffrey... It's because Jeffrey, you're a good fantasy football player, If Mike. I'm an Elshon Jeffrey uh, owner, um, I'm not worried. Um, you know, Hoyer, Cutler, Nacho Vendor, they're going to get him the ball. <laughs> 
I mean, uh, what was it? Randy Moss who was just saying, just throw the ball up to Alshon Jeffrey. And if they did that every time, they may have a more successful offense than what they've been able to put out there so far. Speaking of dumpster fires. Yeah, I mean, is it, you know, one dumpster fire in the AFC, one dumpster fire in the NFC? Yeah, I'd like to compare the Bears to the Browns. Yeah, at least for the time being. Um, so moving on from quarterbacks, I think that's it for the quarterbacks being hurt anyways. Uh, we've got uh, Danny Woodhead who tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Uh, that's a big shame. Danny Woodhead's one of our favorite players. He's awesome to own in any kind of league, especially a PPR league. Um, Just a real spark plug. And, and you knew that in a year where the Chargers would have all kinds of chaos going on, that it may benefit them to have him on the team and he could put up a lot of production. Um you know, I remember last year he had like a four touchdown game, scored like forty points. It was crazy, but you know, no more Danny Woodhead for the rest of the year. In fact, you know that could be the end of Danny Woodhead. He's going to be thirty two next year. Uh, he's under contract for like over five million, and I don't think that, um, you know, I don't think that that's going to work out for him. I don't know about that. I don't really see any reason why he couldn't continue playing. Well, he's... they're going to cut. They're going to at least make him take a pay cut. I think. Sure, but but it's certainly uh, 32 is not the end of running back, especially guys like him, uh, although there aren't a whole lot of guys like him, I guess, right? Uh, but you're looking at people who have had pretty established and long careers that are mostly pass-catching backs. They just aren't as hit. They aren't hit as much as the guys that are between the tackles every, every single play. Uh, but it remains to be seen, and you're right, he's had, a couple of, uh, he's had a couple of injuries now, so we'll see. So... Um... Mr. Crinkle in the chat room says, you know, he needs a replacement for Danny Woodhead. Unfortunately, the direct replacement for him is going to be um, Melvin Gordon. So Melvin Gordon's already going to be owned in leagues. There isn't exactly a guy that you can pick up, but there is a name that we can throw out there and see if it sticks. That name is Dexter McCluster. So, um, you know, Dexter McCluster is uh, was signed by the Chargers today. And, um, you know, he is the type of player that Danny Woodhead is. He knows a whiz and hunt offense. That's true. So um, he'll, he's, he could play, he will play this weekend. Well, Brandon, um, Brandon Oliver's gone. Danny Woodhead's gone. They, they want to have that Danny Woodhead character in their offense. So we're going to see him catch a bunch of balls. So, yeah, I, uh, I think he's a pickup in, in PPR leagues, and he might even end up being good. But he's never going to have that ceiling as, like Danny Woodhead did. He was a special player. So Danny Woodhead has no ceiling. <laughs> he's broken the glass ceiling of five foot eight running backs. Well, it just doesn't matter how <laughs> tall the ceiling is because he's never going to hit it, <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, so Jonathan Stewart, uh, he had a hamstring issue. He left the game in the first quarter. Uh, sounds like he's going to miss a, a game or two at least. Um the replacements there are are worthy of picking up, uh, well, mostly Fozzie Whitaker. There's talk of Cameron Artis Payne, but he's been inactive for the first two weeks. I don't think they're going to give him the ball very much if they didn't even want to activate him. I kind of disagree with you. So, And we have a question in the chat room, too, related to Woodhead. Uh, Mr. Crinkle773 says, uh, need a replacement for him. Do we like Whitaker or Artis Payne or McKinnon um, Asiata? And both, obviously, are going to sort of be committees to take up the touches of Interestingly those enough, they all play each other this week. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be funny if none of them do well at all. They're just like, they're, we're going to abandon the run and just pass the ball. Right, the game's going to be all uh, Stephon Diggs and Kelvin Benjamin. But we saw Fozzie Whitaker do pretty well to fill in when Jonathan Stewart left. Now, that's because he was already in the game. 
uh, and he was already the, the third down uh, sort of change of pace back. And the coach said as much. He loves him in that role. But if you look at last year, at the end of last year, for example, when Jonathan Stewart was out in those games, it was, uh, it was Artis Payne who picked up the slack as the real backup to Stewart and not Whitaker. I don't think they trust Whitaker as a regular, you know, uh, every down back, and they're going to go to Artis Payne more than they are Whitaker. So I think people are going to pick up Fozzie, and they're going to be incorrect. That's my, that's my analysis. So you think they only went with Whitaker because he was active, and if they had a choice before the game... They would have activated pain and used him. Well, yes, I do. That's, well, he, that's what I think. He proved himself, so they gave him the chance because he was the only guy there last week, and yeah, he ran he, for he ran for sixteen 100 carries yards. and a hundred yards. I think it was. Yeah, sure. Didn't so turn the ball over. A, I mean, what what more can you ask for? But, I think in both of these situations, you're going to have a situation with splits. Both mm, these guys are going to split, and then over in Minnesota with Asiata and McKinnon. You know, McKinnon's going to get a bunch of carries, but then Asiata's going to take over at the goal line. He's going to get passing down work. And Well, know, Asiata's the short yardage guy. McKinnon's the passing yard guy. Well, they throw the ball to Asiata, too. And Asiata's a vulture. In sure, yeah, he's a super zone. touchdown vulture. But Asiata takes over the short yardage role from what I've seen so far. Definitely. So he, he becomes the Adrian Peterson guy. Uh, and then McKinnon's just like, a, I think his spark score was out of this world, right? He had these great stats, but he hasn't really proved himself yet in the NFL. So you're right. It's going to be tough to replace, um, you know, a guy like Woodhead who's going to have a ton of touches with these people that are unpredictable. But all I'm saying is, uh, going for Fozzie Whitaker, I think, is incorrect. Now, as far as McKinnon and Asiata, I don't even want to make that choice. I'm not going to make that choice. Okay, so, you know, the vote is if you need to replace Danny Woodhead, don't go to Carolina or Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I don't think any of those guys are a long-term answer. Well, um, no. You know, if you're if you're talking about just this weekend, because none of I, them are going to be you know a long-term replacement for yep. that on that team. Well, how long are they going to be out? Is the thing we have to talk about, right? So, is, is AP going to be out for multiple weeks? Is Jonathan Stewart going to be out for multiple weeks? Based on the news I've heard, I don't know anything about AP's injury. And uh, Jonathan Stewart, they said one, maybe two, which probably means three, right? Safe assumption. So it's going to be a couple weeks. Is that, that's what I'm hearing, anyway. Uh, right. I mean... Have you guys heard anything more about Peterson? No, I mean, you know, we're not going to hear anything really until Wednesday about any of these guys, unfortunately. Um, maybe that's a good argument for moving the waiver picks up or back a day, and everyone should do them on Thursday instead. I like to gamble. Well, it is more of a gamble when you do it without information. Sure, but but I think then everybody's on equal footing rather than you know maybe some people having more information than someone else. And it doesn't matter what day it's on. All that matters is that it's on the same day for everyone. That's all. Um, and Glenn Glenn asks if you should grab Dixon or Gore off of waivers. If Gore's on waivers, Frank that's Gore. silly. He shouldn't be on waivers. Then yeah, grab Frank Gore. Uh, Dixon's on waivers because he's suspended for the first uh, what four games of the season. Right now is the time. Or no, he's not suspended. Sorry, he has an injury. Uh, and he's not going to be better for four to six weeks into the season. So I do think that Kenneth Dixon will end up taking over the starting role on the Ravens, but you shouldn't pick him up now to fill in for one of those guys, for example, because he's not going to do anything for you for weeks. Right. And, you know, we know that Adrian Peterson is probably going to miss one game at least, uh, but there is no timetable. He does have a torn meniscus. I can't imagine them just putting him back in immediately, right? Well, or are they going to say like our team is good this year? We need to go for it. 
Well, I just saw an interview with uh, Kyle Rudolph, and he was saying, you know, when it, when it's about Adrian Peterson, uh, everyone on the team has made bets before when he was going to come back, et cetera, and they usually lose, so they don't even talk about it anymore. He just comes back when he comes back, which is usually ahead of schedule. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to go after <laughs> McKinnon or Asiata until you know something for sure on, you know, Sunday. Right. I wouldn't put them in my starting lineup. Right. Um, so Doug Martin has a hamstring issue, uh, unknown timetable for him. If he does miss games, then obviously Charles Sims, a guy who shouldn't be available in your league, um, will be a huge uh, start. Um, he's already, you know, played well this year, uh, but Charles Sims is owned in 52% of leagues, so surprisingly low. Um, you know, and he's not getting a whole lot of yards per carry yet, but he does have a touchdown under his belt already, I think. See, I'm a big Sims fan. I think he's going to do, do do great, uh, especially in Doug's absence. However, uh, that schedule coming up for Tampa is just brutal. Uh, so they got the Rams, the Broncos, then the Panthers. Yeah. Um, so, you after know, the bye week, it's better. After that, it's nice. <laughs> They've um, got the Niners, the Raiders, and the Falcons, and then the Bears. So also maybe a little trade advice. Target uh, a Sims or Martin owner that's just disappointed uh, after these rough weeks are behind them and look to grab those type of players in week six, week seven. Um, so moving on from Doug, uh, a couple more running backs, Amir Abdullah. Uh, he has a foot injury and an unknown timetable as well, but we have seen that uh, Detroit signed Joik Bell again, so it's clear that he's going to miss some time. If they're going to sign a player to add depth, they know that they're going to be shorthanded. Um, so the replacement in Detroit is who, Dave? You were talking about him earlier off the off Well, we've, we've talked about Theo Riddick, who's a, who's a great back there, but the guy who really filled in and did uh, got the most... Uh, upside out of it was DeAndre Washington, I think the answer is. I don't have the paper in front of me here. But he did really well uh, filling in for him as uh, almost like an every-down back role. And Theo Riddick is a guy who's going to get a bunch of receptions, and he's going to fill in, he's going to change uh, through the series. I think fill, uh, grabbing Joik Bell is really just because they don't have Zach Zenner uh, right now. So because they don't have Amir Abdullah, they don't have Zach Zenner, uh, and Theo Riddick is not a short yardage every-down back, they didn't have anyone in case Washington got injured. So yeah. they, they needed depth, depth. But I don't think they're going to be playing Joik Bell anytime soon. So that's Dwayne Washington. Dwayne Washington. We okay. So we'll drink on that one. All right, sure. <laughs> Any opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and so, Washington uh, actually had a really good preseason this week, uh, this year, too. So, I mean, he's a, he's a guy to keep an eye out for over there. Yeah, he can certainly um, you know do well. They're playing Green Bay this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got Arian Foster with a groin injury, uh, unknown timetable. Obviously, that's the same injury that kept him out last year, the same injury that kept him from signing with the team until he swore that he was fully healthy. Um, and he may have been. I'm sure that he did, that he was at the time. You know, it's football. You get hurt when you play football. Yeah. Um, so Arian Foster's going to be out. Um, they're going to have Jay Ajayi uh, taking his place along with uh, Kenyon Drake uh, and um, Pede. Uh, is that Isaiah Pede? Or is that a rookie? I, I'm only familiar with an Isaiah Pede. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Isaiah Pede. Isaiah, but it's yeah. basically a Jai and, and it's Drake. It's going to be a Jai and Drake. And it's going to be a timeshare. So have fun with that one. It looks like a lot of these guys who got injured, there are very few direct replacements. Very few uh, guys who you want to plug in right away. So hopefully, uh, if you did have somebody go down, or maybe three players go down, Mike, uh, you have some direct replacements. Yeah, it hurts. 
you know, usually you, you lose one guy in a week like this. But, yeah, in our uh, two six five league, I had three running backs go down. Well, yeah. you'll, you'll find that not very often does, uh, you know, scooping up one of these guys that goes in for a week or two really pay off. It's, mm-hmm. it's a super gamble. You need to be drafting um, some some players like Jason was mentioning early in the draft, or I'm mean, sorry, later in the draft that are also going to have big roles like Charles Sims. If you're drafting guys like that um, in your draft, then you can always go to that replacement player you have on your roster rather than scooping up someone who's unproven, which is never the best option. But if you do have, uh, you know, if you've gotten yourself into this opportunity, my perspective is that you should probably got, get whoever it is who has the most upside. So for me, that's a guy like uh, Artis Payne or like Kenyon Drake. Um, those guys are, are guys that could come in and really make a difference because we haven't seen that much of them yet. And what we have seen has been good. So do you want just another average plotter that's going to fill your, you know, your bench space or your RB2 or your flex space for a week or two? You don't. Right, you want to you want to put in someone better than that if you can, and if you can't, you should try for someone with upside rather than just settling for six points. Right, I, I totally agree. I mean, there's a lot of uh, guys who look like replacements this week who are just not worth it right now. Um, so moving on down the list because there's a ridiculous amount of injured players, uh, you've got Thomas Rawls as well. Uh, Rawls um, only played a very little bit in the game, and then they, you know, ceded all the carries to Christine Michael. Uh, Michael looked pretty good. Um, so Rawls is supposed to be good again this week. He was supposed to be good last week, um, but I expect them to split more with Christine Michael. Um, so you know, we're any, any. It seems like we're losing a bunch of these featured backs: Jonathan Stewart, Arian Foster, you know, Thomas Rawls. All these guys who were supposed to be uh, people who were carrying the load all the time are either you know, injured and then their uh, a committee is replacing it or like Rawls, he's sort of moving into a committee. But we know this happens, right? This is why we, we told everyone to draft all wide receivers. Absolutely. We did. <laughs> I hope you followed our advice. I hope I followed my advice. Because if you took running backs uh, from the, you know, let's say one through five, uh, the first five rounds, then you're going to have exactly this problem. It, I think it's better to have those guys that come in later that are fresher or, or like Sims, for example, uh, who you knew could fill in. A guy like Doug Martin is going to have 300 carries. He's not going to make it through the season statistically. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, and um, and Sex and Donuts mentions Vereen. Uh, Vereen had a really good week too, and I'm not sure if that was just a product of the scheme, for example, but he had a really nice week uh, there, and Rashad Jennings had a, a bit of an injury as well. So. Right. You know who's gonna fill in over there? They they also have a big rotunda of running backs with Darkwa and uh, and Vereen and there's another guy too, right? Um, no, they got rid of the other guy. Well, they got rid of Andre Williams, right? But he actually oh, got, there's another other guy. Yeah, uh, the Giants have like eighteen thousand running backs on their roster every year. Um, I do like Vereen, especially in PPR leagues. But Jason will tell you, as an owner in a couple leagues last year and, and the year before, you'll have games where he scores one point. So yeah. So they've also got Bobby Rainey and Paul Perkins on the roster. Yeah. So um, so flip a coin there for sure. Yeah, ha- have a good time with that one, guys. Um, so that is it for running backs. Thankfully, um, there was only what seven or eight of them that went down, who were all guys who were starting in fantasy Oof. on a weekly basis. Uh, so at wide receiver, um, Dante Moncrief, uh, a concussion and a so- shoulder injury. Uh, is that right, Mike? Well, it was it was rumored to be a concussion at first, um, and then now we found out it's a shoulder injury. 
So first, when he went into the locker room, the announcers thought it was for a concussion protocol. Uh, he came back out onto the field. They're like, well, if it was concussion protocol, he wouldn't be back out on the field. That's true. Now we're just unsure of what the injury is. Um, what's alarming to me is he got an MRI on Monday. Um, no news of the results yet. And uh, the whispers coming out today about Moncrief is it's not how long, or it's not if he's out, it's how long he's out. So his arm fell off, and they just don't want to tell us that, probably. Some, uh, something. So, um, you know, fire up your Dorsets. Uh, Philip Dorset will see a uh, expanded role uh, this week. And, yeah, know, 40, moving, only 42% owning Yahoo Leagues. Is Andre Johnson going to step up to be the WR2 on that team? Well, Andre Johnson, Andre is, Johnson on is on the, the Titans. Titans. Oh, I forget, yes. Oh. He, he just scored a touchdown with the Titans, Drink actually. Five. He did, yeah. All right, I will. I'm sorry that Andre Johnson's only had like 10 receptions in the last two years. I, I forgot what team he was on. Uh, Julio Jones, um, no big deal. Uh, he got hit. He looks like a 70-year-old man getting up, and then he you know scores another touchdown. So Julio Jones gets injured on a regular basis, it almost seems, but plays almost through everything. So His foot is now 85% metal, I believe is what I heard. Okay, I'm just waiting for his lower half to be cyborg. <laughs> no, he's awesome. And then I'll draft him first overall every year. <laughs> he's a nightmare to own, but a, a pleasure to own at the same time. He's going to have a Q next to his name all year, but he's going to put up numbers. Owners just got to get used to it. Yeah, but now the Q is because there's no P. Yeah, there's no P. It's always a Q. <laughs> and and for those of you who, who don't know that... The NFL has done a bad job binding its P's and Q's. They, they, got, they got rid of the probable <laughs> I had, tag. Yeah, you guys, I'm sorry. So if you get rid of the probable tag, that means everyone's going to be questionable every game. So I, I mean, I would rather have... Uh, more buckets, even if they're ill-used, than just have one bucket that everybody falls into. That That is not helping at all, right? That's not descriptive. I'd like a pain tolerance chart, like at the doctor, like a 1 to 10, you know, <laughs> how bad it is. See, Brandon Marshall's always going to say it's a 1. Yeah. Even when, like, his leg is separating from his waist. <laughs> Miracle Marshall. Oh, man. Well, it might not be. I'm sure we'll talk about him. Uh, so next on our list, we've got um, Brandon Marshall. Ooh, I don't think whoa, he was listening to whoa. us. <laughs> oh, you guys already went all through Brandon Marshall? No, we, we were just saying we're going to talk about Brandon Marshall, and then right. you were like, uh, Brandon Marshall is next? Right. He's just paying attention to his notes, guys. I mean, that's okay. We understand. <laughs> we're right here, Jason. <laughs> so I did not see the knee injury. I was driving in the car picking up food. It, it, what describe to him the, the injury? Describe to him the play if you can. Oh, it was just brutal. Like, it, Dave happened to be looking away while we were watching it, and I was like, oh, his knee is just done. It was a face like, mask. I mean, oh, yeah, he got face mask. He came down. His knee went 90 degrees the opposite way. Uh, oh, yeah, I, like, was, like like left or oh, right? Yeah, it went right. Instead of forward and backwards? Oh, it, was, it was nasty. Yep. So oh. illegal face mask taken down. You know, knee goes the opposite way. Uh, he's writhing in pain. He's on the ground for two minutes. Uh, and then he ends up going uh, to the locker room, comes right back, and starts playing again and catches a bunch of passes. Unreal. <laughs> so I, I, I dig that guy. Although I heard on, uh, um, on the fantasy football subreddits, um, which cannot necessarily always be trusted, but someone was watching, I think it was uh, C-SPAN or CNN or something. I think it was C-SPAN. And they actually had Brandon Marshall on uh, the day after or two days after that game to discuss uh, starting up a new business or new small businesses or something like that. And he was not sitting down with them. He was standing up, and they asked him about it. And he said that uh, because of the injury that he had just suffered, his entire knee was all swelled up. And now, oh. they're, now they're saying it was some kind of an MCL but not a tear, right? 
Uh, I mean, it sounds like at least a sprain. I, I have no idea. I just know that they were saying they were pushing around that word, the MCL, the term, but nobody said anything specific, and people are still saying that he'll come back. Um, I am not a doctor, but I, who knows? <laughs> Let's go ahead and diagnose this guy's knee. But uh, but yeah, if that guy doesn't make it back to the field, then you probably have to bump up Decker. Uh, and do you think Anunwa will do do well then? Uh, absolutely. I think Anunwa will probably do well regardless. I mean, that's a high-powered offense uh, on the passing side. And my forte is very good. But besides that, um, they need a third option there. Anunwa looks like he's finally going to you know, really fill that role. Um, he's had, what, like six or seven catches in the first two games, in each of the first two games. Um, so, you know, I, I like Anunwa as you know, some bench depth, and then it's great insurance if either uh, Decker or Marshall get injured and have to miss time that, you know, he'll be worth starting in a lot of leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and Anun was not, uh, or he's available in a lot of leagues right now. What's his percentage, do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. I would wager to guess something like 50% at this point. Uh, 11%. Well, it needs to, go up, needs to go up to 40 or 50% then. He's had 14 targets and uh, 13 receptions. <laughs> so you got to like those percentages. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to keep throwing him the ball because Ryan is a smart guy. He can do math. Well, that and a lot of people were saying, um, you know, preseason and last year that their tight end, Jason Morrow, was going to really step up, but he didn't. And they don't have a tight end that's regularly catching passes. So um, Fitzpatrick is, is one of those quarterbacks that can sling it around and he knows when people are being covered. Um, I I was going to go into like some Santa Claus shit there for a second, but I'm not going to. Um, I mean, Fitz could play a good Santa Claus, probably. He could, right? Oh, shit, dog! <laughs> uh, and, and so I think with, with Forte coming uh, you know, into his own again as a starter for the Jets, at least for right now, uh, and then you've got Inunua, Marshall, and Decker, they really have become a, a fast-paced passing offense that is rivaling anybody in the NFL. I like him. I yeah. like him a lot. I do, even though I just traded away Eric Decker today. I only did it because I was upgrading. <laughs> um, so Doug Baldwin is day-to-day uh, with the knee being non-existent. The MRI says that it's negative, so he has no knee. The, right? That means I am not a doctor, but no I think knee. that's what that means. So, so the that, knee... Yeah, no knee. He has no knee. The knee's gone up into the groin area. They have to, re- they have to regrow a new knee with some stem cells. Oh. <laughs> uh, so he does say he's, he's fine, but... Um, you know, uh, the offense has been terrible so far. Uh, I don't know if you want to wait. I mean, if Doug Baldwin plays this week and Russell Wilson plays this week, you guys got to start him, right? I don't know. Uh, Doug Baldwin hasn't looked that good in the first two games. If I have other options available this week, I'm, I'm probably going to look elsewhere. Russell Wilson, that's a quarterback you took in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, yeah, Doug Baldwin's the guy you took in the first ten rounds, they're, too, they're, I would think. In the first offense, ten, yeah. Their but. offense is good, I think. Doug Baldwin did well in the first game, I'm pretty sure. I think, I think that uh, it's because of Russell Wilson's injury. Uh, and actually, you know, looking at Jimmy Graham getting like four passes for 50 yards or something. I don't know. That game. offense has only scored like 13 points all year. It's not that good. Well, that's according to apparently the offensive line's behavior and the injury to Russell Wilson is what I'm looking at. Yeah, I think the injury to Russell Wilson is the biggest thing. They The offensive line gave up lots of sacks last year. They're doing it again this year. You know, I get that. But it was just a matter of time before Wilson got hurt. It's not Christian Michael's fault, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I... 
I think I think that they'll that they'll bounce back a little bit. And, you know, Seattle is one of those teams that starts off slowly. Sometimes that's happened in the past couple of years. Um, they certainly have to figure their stuff out. But I, I think that Baldwin is a is a great player. I think a lot of people drafted just like you said Baldwin and Lockett pretty early in drafts, at least compared to previous years, because their passing offense was on the trend up. Uh, and I think I'm seeing exactly what you are that it is not doing very well at the moment. So that means don't play them. Uh, you can't sell them because what, what's the point of selling low? That, that has no point. So you have to just stick them on the bench and hope that, uh, that Russell gets over his ankle and they start picking back up, right? Yeah, I mean... Unless you're going to drop him. No, you're not going to drop him. But I, I, I almost am with Mike where you might want to wait a couple weeks if you have different options. Sure. That's all. Yeah, pick up a guy. I'm starting a, a Philip Dorsett over Doug Baldwin. You're starting Will Fuller or Sterling Shepard or some of those rookies now over a guy like Baldwin as well. Absolutely. Especially if he's not playing. Absolutely. <laughs> it takes a couple weeks to grow a new knee at least, I think. At least. Yeah. Um, so that wraps up the wide receivers. There's a lot of injuries, I know. Uh, we've also had Virgil Green get hurt. He had a strained right calf. He left the stadium in a walking boot. Um so, uh, you know, he'll probably play on Sunday. I don't know if you're starting him. He may have been your Gronkowski replacement. Um, so, you know, I, I guess he'll be okay for now. Uh, keep an eye on that. And then you've got Eric Ebron as well. Um, do you guys like Ebron this year? Do you think that he's going to play like a, a worthy part of the offense? Detroit's got a great passing offense. I don't see why not. Yeah, I think he can easily be a top 10 tight end for the year. I don't see him peaking in the top five, but top 10. He's going to get targets. He had a touchdown taken back because of a silly offensive pass interference penalty. Which yeah. is which is a good point. Something to watch out for is a lot of these times you're, you're looking at your stats after the game. Maybe you were watching Red Zone, you didn't see the whole game, or you didn't look into the details of that particular player and how they did. And they could have had a great game in theory that was taken back by silly penalties that weren't even their fault. And at yeah. that point, you really can't put it against the player. Um, but... Stafford has has done pretty well the first uh, first two weeks. He uh, he had three touchdowns in week one um, and one touchdown in week two. Uh, only one interception over that whole time. So he's he's playing better than he has uh, in you know recent memory. I think. All right, so that wraps up our injuries. Uh, again, make sure you go to the website, check out Mike's article. I just uh, wanted to say Jim Bob Cooter, sorry. Okay, well, there you go. You got it in. Okay, thanks. You can drink for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, before we move on to the waiver pickups, Art from the chat room has another question. Um, he wants to know what our thoughts are on Todd Gurley. What kind of trade value does he have right now? Um, you know, Gurley obviously has struggled to start the season, but he was going to be people's you know top pick for the most part. Or a, a top five pick in most drafts. Well, he was so, uh, he was absolutely a top five pick. Is probably top one or two running backs, right? Right. So uh, you know, one of the things that we always say at the beginning of the season is, you know, be patient and start your studs. I think that you keep starting Todd Gurley. I don't I don't think that that was ever in question. Uh, but what kind of trade value does he have? I don't know that you want to try to unload him right now unless you're seriously panicked about him and you really think that it's just all going to fall through and it's not going to work, then maybe you get what you can for him for now. But because he's struggled, nobody's going to give you too much for him. Yeah, well, this isn't like a Doug Baldwin situation, though, for example, where you're trading a guy that you picked up in like the ninth or the eighth round or something. Exactly. I mean, the, Todd Gurley is still a number one pick 
which means that you could still trade him uh, for like a tier beneath him for someone who thinks they're buying low. So if you really think Todd Gurley is done and, and the Rams are just going to be, uh, you know, disheveled, like and, if you and not could good, get if you could get C.J. Anderson for Todd Gurley right now, I mean, I think that that would be the kind like the kind of trade you might be able to pull. We were talking there is down. no way in hell I would trade C.J. Anderson <laughs> for Todd Gurley. I don't think I would either, but I would want to trade Todd Gurley for C.J. Anderson. Well, there's other... Yeah, as a Todd Gurley owner, that's, and, a, that's a great target. And, you know, C.J. was drafted a tier lower, though he may not be considered a tier lower at this point. But that's what I mean. You could take Eddie Lacy, for example, because he's also not performing that well. But if you think highly of him as opposed to Gurley, it, you could take anybody who's like a tier lower... Than, than him. But obviously, if you're a C.J. Anderson owner and his and his market value is just on the up and up, you're not going to trade him for someone who's going down. That's not how these things work usually. Right. Um, I mean, but there then again, there could be someone who thinks that Todd Gurley is going to come back and there's no reason why, uh, you know, these couple games should affect his, his value ultimately. Um, I, I think that Todd Gurley is not worth as much as people thought because the LA Rams, you know, offense is just too anemic, not working well together, not good, not going to be good. So I, I hear uh I hear a bad things, you know, going forward for him. Art <laughs> Art says Melvin Gordon might be a good one for trade. I mean, that's true, but the thing is you're losing a lot of value. You're losing a lot of value. You could probably get Melvin Gordon and someone else. You're gonna have a game where Todd Gurley's gonna score a touchdown or two or he's gonna have over a hundred yards and, and play pretty well. It's going to happen. So if you have him right now and you don't want to scoop down that low or lose a lot of value for him, the the answer is what Jason said. You should really just hold on to him for another couple games until he at least has a decent performance. Yeah, I'm holding Todd Gurley. Um, you know, I'd, I'd almost be tempted to target him in some leagues, but uh, because he was a first-round pick, uh, owners are going to be expecting too much, and I just wouldn't be willing to pay it. Art, don't worry. You're playing me this week with Todd Gurley. I'm recommending that you hold on to him, so he's going to wind up having a great week. Oh, that's Jason. So you're, you're playing someone in the chat room in a fantasy league? I am. You should I mean, tell them. You should tell them all your secrets. <laughs> that's the deal. If you come listen to the show, you can find out all my fantasy secrets. Oh, you find out what I'm going to do for the week. That's all I've ever wanted <laughs> is to find out about your waiver wire picks. No, no, no. Well, I mean, it's true though. He's, he's right. He's right. Um, Glenn, Glenn mentioned uh, CJ 2K this year, and, and CJ will be happy to get 200 yards this year. Well, I think he's uh, uh, crowning CJ Anderson as the new CJ 2K. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> I think you guys are real happy about CJ right now, but there's still no, no, nothing saying that he's gonna have. A... He's certainly not blowing it up in yardage. He's scoring touchdowns, which is he nice. looks good. He does. He does look good, and they need that, him. That, on offense that offense looks good, and that defense is real. <laughs> we knew the defense. <laughs> the was defense real. is real. <laughs> we'll come back here. Although they did lose Ware for a couple weeks now. We should bookmark this uh, this part I of the audio. That in the article. We'll come back here at like week eight, and then we'll see where we're at with uh, with the Denver offense. All right, we're thirty eight minutes into it. Thirty eight and a half minutes in. It could very well be uh, be a really nice offense all year. Glenn says you have to drink five for thinking it was Chris Johnson. No, <laughs> well, well, it was Chris Johnson. It was once upon a time. So uh, let's move on to all my waiver wire secrets, right? Courtesy of uh, Jim Hutchins, our waiver wire author. So again, make sure you go check out our waiver wire articles. Uh, every week they'll be up. Uh, they'll give you the recommendations. They'll break down, and we're gonna try and recommend guys who are owned in less than hopefully forty percent of leagues, but it may stretch to fifty because uh, you need to you know look and make sure that. Uh, there aren't obvious players available on your waiver wire before you go digging through uh, the people who are only owned in maybe you know thirty percent of leagues. 
So Ryan Tannehill um, was very heavily involved in the game, of course, because he's the quarterback. He was heavily but, involved in the game on but Sunday. But he had a big game. <laughs> he had 389 yards. He had two touchdowns. Threw the ball 45 times. Um, Arian Foster may not play. They may want to throw the ball even more. They're playing Cleveland. They almost beat the Patriots. Right. I mean, they're playing Cleveland. So I say if you need Ryan Tannehill as a replacement, go for him. If you're still waiting for Tony Romo to come back, if you just lost Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, I think Ryan Tannehill is just a fine start this week. He may even finish top 10 this week. What's Matt Ryan's ownage in Yahoo? He's owned by 71% of uh, something like that. Yeah, so he's not necessarily going to be someone who we'll chat about here. We'll chat about Matt Ryan later, probably. But he's the number one overall points leader in fantasy uh, quarterback scoring. And he's he's not owned by 30% of people, so... Get your asses out there and pick up Matt Ryan, people. He has 730 yards and five <laughs> touchdowns and only one pick. And he's playing, who, New Orleans this yes, week? Yes, he's playing yeah. New Orleans on Monday night. So <laughs> if you don't have a waiver wire pick in for him and you're in a league that has two quarterbacks or in a league where you're playing uh, currently playing an underachieving quarterback, then then you'd be silly not to uh, to reach out and, and touch a Ryan, you know. <laughs> So of the running backs that are available, uh, we have a couple of guys who we have discussed already. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, who is owned by 24% of leagues, and then Fozzie Whitaker, owned in only 5% of leagues. If you guys had to pick to start, one of the four guys we talked about earlier from Carolina uh, and from uh, I'd take McKinnon. the Vikings. Okay, I was going to say let's put some money on it. Sure. But... Uh, we already know who you're taking. Well, that's fine. Is, is that going to impact the money? Is this like a, uh, a what, what do they call those the those ballot things where you just have to fold it up and, and open it up later? It's a secret ballot. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd want to go McKinnon too, but just play uh, devil's advocate, I'd take Fozzie. Oh, sure. Take Fozzie. I will take Fozzie. Okay. Um, Jason's like, well, now Jesus. I have Well, no now one. I have to take Matt Asiata <laughs> or Cameron Artis Payne. Um, of those two, I would take Cameron Artis Payne. Um, you can have both. <laughs> Whichever scores the most points. Okay. No, I should get both of their points. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to beat both of you. No. Wow, that's an interesting bet, actually, because I guess they would both be the underdogs in that argument. You could have both. Wow, that's crazy. I only get one of them, but I get to pick after they score points. Exactly. <laughs> you get to pick? Well, I hope you pick the one that scores more points. <laughs> Maybe I should ask you to pick after you've been drinking or something. Right. You never know on a Sunday. Sure, let's do that bet. It'll be fun. And then you get sort of the advantage there because you have two guys with upside that you could pick whichever one you want to. So uh, Dave's got McKinnon. Oh, I got Fozzie. <laughs> Fozzie for uh. Mike. And then uh, I'll take the other two, which is Cameron Artis Payne and uh, Matt Asiata. See, you're uh, lucky. We're giving you two players. That's that's nice. You want to trade? I'll trade you Fozzie for your two. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with this. You're the one who suggested that I get the two. We're gonna stick with that. That's a good idea. It's fair. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. so then uh, I think that uh, the wager should be um, the uh, the winner gets a. a $20 board game that the losers have to buy them. Okay, that's fine. Yes? Okay. I, we're, we're all into board games. I think a, a random board game would be very welcome by yeah. any of us. All right, let's 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 move on. Okay, uh, I'm glad. You know, we haven't made too many uh, bets this year, and, uh, and I'm glad that we're making it now. I because bet, we don't I, have too many. I bet you that I'm about to take a shot. I Ooh. think we should. 
<laughs> but yeah, who's who's the next gentleman that we can? Uh, so agree moving or on to on? the uh, wide receivers, you've got Terrell Williams, who is owned in forty eight percent of leagues. Uh, it was kind of out last week to pick him up, but for sure, you know he needs to be picked up by the rest of the people because they did. Ty- Tyrell, you're talking about, right? Tyrell Williams. Oh, I thought you said Terrell. Tyrell. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I just have Terrell Wellick in my head from Mister Robot. Uh, sure. Finale tomorrow night. Oh, I'm so oh that's going to be good. Uh, so he Danny Woodhead, of course. Well, yeah, congratulations to Rami Malik. Um, anyways, back to the Chargers. They lost Danny Woodhead. They're going to be throwing the ball to someone else, yep. right? It's not going to be Melvin Gordon as much because he's not that kind of pass-catching guy yet. I think he can – anybody can learn that in the NFL, in my opinion. Maybe not anybody, but a lot of players can learn that in the That's NFL. That's quite a statement you just made there. I think you can – you can practice catching the ball. You can practice running routes. You can get better at that. Tell that to Shaq about free throws. But you can't get better at what? But you can't get better at being faster or being elusive or breaking tackles. Well, I don't think I agree with that. But, I mean, it's about what scheme you were in in high school and what scheme you were in in college and what they were teaching you there, right? So you can always do better than you currently are. Well, yeah. I mean, you can always learn more. Yeah. But, I, okay, I will agree with you that as far as pure speed, uh, players are not going to start with a 4-3-6, uh, spend 10 years in the NFL, and end up with a 4-2-5. Exactly. Like th- but, but that is different. Like, uh, you know, speed in the game of the NFL, uh, game of the NFL, ugh, why do I keep saying that? In the game of football, <laughs> speed in the game of football is not your 40 time. It's it's your acceleration. It's how much and, faster you can run than the other guy. And the elusiveness, like you said, yeah. and uh, so so let's just say let's just say we'll, I'll swallow what you're what you're saying there. Say you can learn to catch because you can catch a whole bunch of balls for four years in a row, um, right? And you can run the route more often, and you can have more. What time you're saying is is your physical prowess, your innate athletic ability, is not going to uh, change by a great deal having been in the NFL for a year or two. Uh, exactly. My 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 whole point was that Melvin okay. Gordon is not the guy to do all that stuff yet, but he can learn to be that guy. But for now, they need Williams to catch more passes. They've already got Travis Benjamin. He looks like he'll probably be the number one there. Um, but they've got they need Williams. Antonio Gates. You know, even last week when they put up thirty five points, only had three catches. So I think Antonio Gates is sort of relegated to a short yardage and go- red zone target. Uh, he's not going to be a guy who's like running down the field because he's like all. 45 years old and he doesn't have any feet. <laughs> exactly, he has plantar fasciitis on like every surface of of his body. He he's just screaming. <laughs> he's not. just going down the field screaming. <laughs> ah! He's just always in pain. <laughs> Philip. <laughs> oh man. Um, but I don't know if Gordon will be that guy just because the Chargers want to have that two back offense. Then it'll be Dexter McCluster. Exactly, and I think it will be. <laughs> Dexter McCluster. Oh man, do you want? Can we take Dexter McCluster instead of all the rest of the guys in the bed? <laughs> do you remember when he was? I would. Do you remember when he was a running back slash wide receiver for a couple of years? That was Hell cool. Yeah. Over in Kansas City. Yeah, it was. It's kind of fun when uh, when the fantasy. I started him like once when he did really well, and like five times when he did really terribly. He had like twelve receptions in a game or something. <laughs> right. The fantasy uh, hosting sites sometimes can decide whether or not those people are dual eligibility. Uh, depending on, I guess, like you know, where they get their stats from, etc. Can you imagine Edelman getting quarterback numbers in a wide receiver slot with Edelman? Well, except he's going to be a terrible well, that's, quarterback. That's shades of Joe Webb all over yeah. again. I with don't want to deal with that. Don't count anything out with Bill. 
He could put Edelman in at quarterback. Well, I was telling, but uh, he needs someone to catch the passes, and that's Edelman. I was telling you guys. Yeah, so I was telling you guys to himself. (laughs) I was telling you guys earlier that I saw Belichick uh, today uh, doing a press conference, and they asked him about Edelman. They said, "Well, is he your backup quarterback?" And he sort of begrudgingly said, "Yes." And they asked him, "Well, so has he been practicing? Uh, You know, or, or where is he at at being a quarterback? How much confidence do you have in him?" And he's like, "Well, he hasn't played since college." (laughs) <laughs> like he, he's such a he's such a fun interview. Like him and Marshawn Lynch, they should sit down and do a talk show. I would just love that. It's great. It's something I could play during work because nothing will happen. It's, fan, it's fantastic. It's he had a quote. Was it today or yesterday? It was like you know, uh, I'm not a doctor. That's what a surgeon is for. Yes, I'm a football coach and I do football things. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Um. So uh, Victor Cruz is also available in 37 percent of leagues. Um. So he missed the last season and a half basically i think he played in a game or two last year but he got knocked out um so he has uh eight catches on 12 targets 125 yards and a touchdown a salsa free touchdown by the way in week one no he's um, salsa didn't he i don't no. think he did and he smartly didn't on purpose because he decided he didn't want to just uh, salsa back into his former position he wanted to to earn it and work uh hard to get back to that so I don't know if he has since done a salsa. Has he scored more than one touchdown? Just yeah, the one, one so far. Yeah, so I wonder oh. if now, uh, the next time he does it, maybe he'll get the back in there. salsa watch. Or at least do a couple of moves. Maybe he'll do something. Kind yeah. of work in just like maybe a, the Macarena. Just throw the arms up and then stop. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, do you, what do you work in Something Latin? Yes. Yeah, something, something that's like, <laughs> this is remotely. Something vaguely Latin. <laughs> something that's kind of Hispanic, like, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> The chicken dance, maybe. He, uh, he's past the eye test. Is there like another Cuban dance you can come up with? No, no. <laughs> That's hard for me. I'm not sure about that one. Uh, La Cucaracha? Mm. I don't know. I'm just saying uh, words I know there in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. All right. So um, the honorable mention at wide receiver would be Jamison Crowder. Uh, he is only owned in 6% of leagues. Um, you know, Pierre Garçon isn't a guy anymore, really, to worry about in fantasy. Deshaun Jackson does seem to be getting a lot of work there. Jordan Reed, of course, is mixed in. But um, Crowder, you know, not the worst option over there. It looks like he's basically the third option uh, in the passing game right now. Who's the worst option? The worst option? I mean... Pierre Garçon? Yeah, Pierre Garçon is worse. Uh, he had six for 51. The worst won. option is Wes Welker wearing a creepy Tom Brady. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that mask. is the correct answer. That is the worst option. Wes Welker wearing a, a weird mask of Tom Brady. That's the worst option you could ever have this year in fantasy as a receiver. <laughs> so Crowder's got 18 targets so far this year. Um, that's got to like that's got to be leading the, all the available players in your league. I'm sure. Um, so, you know, if you're one of those people who thinks that, you know, uh, the one thing I want to look for is volume uh, to tr- let that translate into production. You know, 18 targets, 12 catches, 97 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's going to keep getting work. Uh, Kirk Cousins loves to throw the ball. That's an offense that likes to throw the ball. Um, they have a good running game, but not a great running game. So they're going to lead on the passing game there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Jameson Crowder is like Quincy Anunwa light. If you can't pick up Quincy Anunwa because he's probably owned in, uh, what, what was it, like 70% of leagues, uh, then yeah, you can you know consider a Jameson Crowder. No, 17. I think it was 11. Or 11. Anunwa? Oh. You said 70%. All right. Well, what are, what I'm are, inserting Quincy Anunwa. You in like that? List. 
What our what our recommendation was before you blew everyone's eardrums out over there was to pick up Inunua and not necessarily start him, but if Marshall's not playing, he's an easy start, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so we've got uh, Dennis Pitta at tight end. Uh he had a lot of work in this last game. Uh over ten targets, I wanna say. Over ten. Over ten. Do you it mean might 11? have been eleven. <laughs> it was twelve, in fact. Yeah, he had four targets week one and twelve targets in week two. So uh, 102 he, yards, nice. He is the fifth uh, most targeted on average tight end um, in the NFL. So, so look, they year. play Jacksonville next week. They play Oakland the week after that. Uh, if you need to fill in for Tom Brady, or I'm sorry, for Rob Gronkowski until Tom Brady comes back, because that's clearly when Gronkowski is going to come back, um, then I think that Pitta could be a good two-week starter there. He's got a couple of really good matchups lined up. Well, if Pitta is a number one tight end and he stays healthy, then he's going to be great all year. The problem is, uh, before this game, he hadn't played for, what was it, 750 days or something like so that? broken back? Yeah, I think his leg fell off temporarily. He yeah, suffered through many leg. injuries that, that didn't allow him to play for over two years. So, I mean, he, he may very well just end up back in obscurity with this short little stint of fantasy relevance. But for the time being, he's on the wire Go grab him, right? Uh, especially if you do have a Gronkowski or a Jimmy Graham or a Kobe Fleener or uh, especially a Gary Barnage, who's the worst probably tight end that was drafted the highest right now. <laughs> yeah, and then you don't have, you know, McCown throwing the ball, which well, it looked like it was going to turn all turn around for you. I mean, he's had seven targets so far, averaging 3.5 per game. He is not a part of that offense right now. That's an ugly average. He so, is droppable. Uh, your streaming defense droppable, option wow. for the week wow. is... Uh, Gary Barnage droppable? I think so. Er, I need a record scratch. Let's spec this up. Yeah, I think so. Well, you I'd drafted rather... him highly, and so did the people that drafted him, so you don't want to drop him. However, he has done nothing. Right now, I'd okay. rather have a Vance McDonald on my team. Than I, I would agree with that, yeah. Okay, all right. And I guarantee I mean, are you Vance starting McDonald Barnage? is... Hell no, I didn't draft him anywhere. Oh, I see, okay. <laughs> I wasn't going I, to... I, I respected his draft value, but I wasn't going to draft him. Well, you made like either a record or a car-stopping noise, so it must mean something. I'm well, just... it just... I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think dropping him would be the move this early, but, you know, I, I could see where you would want to drop him. There's two schools of thought. I think you either hold on to him for uh, a number of weeks. At I least, don't think it's going to get any better. At least yeah. five or six weeks. Just to make to get sure. better with McCown. Or you drop him right away. And I, I see a lot of uh, fantasy players doing that. Just drop the player right away when they get fed up with him. So they don't get frustrated every week when they're setting their lineup. <laughs> uh, and we got a another comment about Jared Cook. So, so Jared Cook, who was supposed to be really good on the Green Bay offense, has been somewhat disappointing. He got two targets last week and six targets... Uh, I'm sorry, two targets week one and six targets in week two. So he's not being looked at very much. He is someone who I think Rodgers should be looking at in the middle of the field. Keep in mind that Richard Rodgers is also still tight end there, so they're kind of splitting uh, the the snaps that they're going out and playing. And Aaron Rodgers, for whatever reason, has not looked like Aaron Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers have not looked very good. So it could also be uh, not necessarily a problem with Cook, but a problem with that offense in general. Uh, yeah, in fact, um, I have a list of guys here who you would want to drop uh, to make room for some of these free agents, uh, or waiver pickups, that is. And Jared Cook is on that list for me. I don't think that uh, he's worthy of keeping around. Kind of like a Gary Barnage. Yeah. Um, so the streaming defensive option for this week is Miami. They are owned currently in um, 
seven percent of leagues. So they're playing Cleveland this week. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, you pick the teams with the worst offenses if you can do so, especially guys who are going to start rookie quarterbacks. So um, I, I actually found Houston available in one of my leagues. Wow. I'm putting a waiver claim in for them, um, if only because you know they are playing New England this week. Yeah. But it, New England's either going to start a banged up Garoppolo or a rookie quarterback. A banged up Garoppolo, it's being forced to play. This would be like you know, get in there. Tom Brady would play through it. He's yeah, like, okay. Don Belichick says you must go. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I do like the Dolphins, what they've been able to do so far this year. Mm. Um, they didn't really do much last game in terms of, like, stopping Garoppolo. Um, but they held them down in the second half mm-hmm. so that the team could come back. And they did a good job against Seattle in Week 1. Yeah, but that's not even the reason why Miami is picked as the defensive pick by, by Jim. It's because they're playing Cleveland, which Cleveland. is the very first reason I gave. Right. No, third, third string quarterback. Right, Cody Kessler. Exactly. Yes. So whenever you have a third-string quarterback playing, you play that defense who's facing them, regardless of any other things. Oh, totally. Um, I mean, but Cleveland was already someone we were fading defenses against. Yes. So, I mean, that's that's pretty this cool. It's worse. Right. <laughs> so guys who you do need to drop. Um, I like Dallas, by the way, versus Chicago, because, uh, again, they're playing... Uh, they're Brian Hoyer, Hoyer. Yeah. and Chicago's already a bad team, maybe the worst in the league this Arguably year. Arguably an upgrade from Jay Cutler. Okay. Jay just, Cutler's performance yesterday, for sure. He played better than <laughs> Cutler did saying. yesterday. He came out and completed nine nine completions in a row. If I was a Bears fan, I'd be thinking, yeah, bring in Hoyer. Let's go. Nobody I'm in not. Chicago is broken up about Jay Cutler not playing anymore. Well, people in Chicago have wanted Jay Cutler to be out of there for years, even though people outside of the organization and outside of the state are like, well, he's okay. Like, what's your problem with him exactly? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. But the Bears are a terrible team this year, and, and people are already saying 0-16. Granted, we live within you know the limits of Illinois. We live pretty close to Chicago. So that's what we're hearing from the meatballs. Um, and that's too bad. But you know what? They're probably right. I would be surprised if, if Chicago has more than four or five wins this year. Um, okay, so another guy that uh, who I think is worth uh, dropping yeah. is I Virgil Green. Um, you know, he's a third or fourth option on that team. I think that you should look elsewhere for tight end value. I'm not keeping Virgil Green around. I love Virgil Green, but that's just me. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there, too. Okay. Um, I'm going to play wait and see with Virgil Green. Well, he had, he, had, he had four for 28, and he missed a touchdown that was really a, a really nice throw that was just sort of uh, batted away the first week, and then three for 46. Uh, so you're right. I mean, in, in a regular league where you've got you know 10 uh, tight ends and you're only playing one position, he's not really worth keeping on the roster. Um, I guess the reason that I like him is because I've got some two tight end leagues. Okay, so uh, finally, the last drop recommendation is Kamar Aiken. Uh, he's only had one target. Uh, he had zero catches last week, um, one target last week. Um, it's pretty clear to me that Flacco prefers Dennis Pitta, Steve Smith Sr., Mike Wallace, uh, especially Mike Wallace. He's yeah, I was wondering why Mike you said him third. Um, <laughs> he's the number one there. Not in that order, but <laughs> right. Mike Wallace, you know, number one there for sure. Mike Kamar Wallace Aiken, is a stud this year. Uh, Seemed like the guy, but it, it looks like Kamar Aiken's only the guy when everybody else is hurt. That's correct. So you can drop Kamar Aiken. He was uh, somebody who was being drafted, but you know, feel free to let go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got another um, article to feature. So the Trade Blaster article by Nikki the Note. Uh, he's got guys to target and guys to dump. Guys who you want to kind of look at to uh, 
get uh, in trades, right? Guys who may not be performing so well, guys who may be on the way up, guys you may be able to uh, guys, sneak guys. off of someone's lineup. I think you're getting into some kind of a mafia voice here. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. We, we jumped into that earlier, I guess. <laughs> I want to I wanna intercede and, and uh, or interject and just mention that these articles are available on drink5.com. Uh, and you can reach Jason or myself at Jason at drink5.com or David drink5.com. You can give away my email address with your specific questions. Why don't I just give everybody your cell phone number? And for those of you who are, who are listening right now, my cell phone number is 630 <laughs> You can call me if you'd like, I'll give you some fantasy advice. Uh, regardless uh, of, of any of that, um, we really appreciate it if you would check us out on iTunes, uh, Drink 5 Network or Stitcher, uh, Drink 5 Network. Uh, you can follow our podcast so that every time uh, we have one and it gets uploaded, uh, when I decide to upload it, then it, <laughs> it you know pops up on your phone as a notification and you can listen to it. Uh, and thanks for joining us, those people that are here live today. If you have any questions about lineup or waiver wire, please uh, go ahead and, and send them to us. But back to uh, Nikki, the notes column. Uh, and I love the, the graphic for it. It's, uh, um, one of my favorite, it's from one of my favorite comic strips. Oh yeah, that's from uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Or, or was that the spo- was that a spoiler? It's not a spo- you spoiler. Gonna, spoiler. You're going to make him go to the website <laughs> ah. to find out what the oh, picture was. If, if you could only find out what comic strip <laughs> yeah. it is, you have never guessed comic strip four. <laughs> uh, so before we dive into that, it's we do have Kathy. another question. <laughs> we have another question from the Ooh. from the chat room. Uh, so Sex and Donuts wants to know: uh, Should he start? Carson Palmer or Big Ben this week? So Carson Palmer is uh, playing. Who are the Arizona? Who playing? are the? Is that a Jeopardy? They're playing at home uh, against. Or no, they're playing in Buffalo, and then uh, it's at Buffalo the Steelers, and at Philadelphia. Yeah, are playing Philly. Right. I think I think the answer right now with the offenses that there that there are right now with those two teams, um, it, it's got to be Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, especially because that could be a shootout. But th- those are not far away. Although it away. probably won't be a shootout because the Steelers' defense playing quite good. They're not far away as far as ranking. So whatever team you prefer, whichever team you think is going to score more points is the one you should go with. Play your Steelers. I, I love the Steelers <laughs> this year. <laughs> hey, they, they have yet... He may to, not be a Steelers fan like like you guys are. They have, yet to, they have yet to disappoint. You don't have to be a Steelers fan to yeah. see that the offense is working on a lot of levels right now. They're going to score 30 points, and Big Ben's going to have a couple touchdowns. Yeah, well, the, the the I guess the difference is three each week. I think he, they're gonna score points. Yes. What what do they have in common both both teams besides uh, uh, a history of Bruce Arians? Uh, <laughs> they they have uh, a running back who catches a lot of passes and gets a lot of his touchdowns on receptions, and that's helpful. I think to the the uh, statistics of the quarterback. This because, helps the quarterback because yeah, I mean, once every two games or so, you're getting a touchdown from the running back that is a reception. Sometimes even more than that. So you're basically adding on that extra that none of the other quarterbacks get, um, you know, with a little bit of leg room there. Of course, there are other running backs that catch passes, but D. Wills and uh, and David Johnson are probably the best quarterbacks out there doing it right now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, guys to target in trades. Um, so Nick says you want Eddie Lacy. He said a slow start. Two road games in, to start the season off, and one against Minnesota. We saw last week didn't work out so great for them. Um, so their next four games are at home, and they're against bad defenses. So I really think that um, the uh, 
I'm sorry. Uh, I, my beer was just stolen, and they completely threw off my train of thought. Anyways, Eddie Lacy is a guy who uh, Nick put his money where his mouth is. He actually traded for Eddie Lacy in a league. Yeah. So good for Nick, uh, you know, putting his money where his mouth is. We'll see how that works out. I do like the advice here. Hope you watch that money, Nick. Eddie Lacy. I didn't like that trade. <laughs> well, okay. Acquiring well Eddie talk- Lacy is is what is all we're talking about. We're not talking about how much value you can get back. That's always going to be subjective. Could you guys explain the trade now that you've uh, brought it up? Now that we've referenced it, yeah. If this site was easier to read, I could, Dave. <laughs> it was Eddie. So Lacy. it was Eddie Lacy and Jeremy Curley for Mark Ingram and Golden Tate. So you mentioned earlier we we're talking about trades that you always like to be the guy who gets the best player in a trade. Yes, and clearly Eddie Lacy is the best player in that trade. I wouldn't say clearly. I think right now, yeah, maybe. Mark Ingram could be better than Eddie Lacy. Yeah. Well, if Mark year. Ingram is better I, than Eddie I Lacy, think, I then think the Mark a, Ingram side of that I trade is much better. I think they're a, a coin flip. And then give me Golden Tate or Jeremy Curley, and I'm going to take Golden Tate. Right, yeah. so To then, turn it around with Detroit. So then why don't you like that trade? That's a good trade that he made. Oh, it's a great trade. He, I, I don't like the trade. I don't like trading for Eddie Lacy there because I think the Ingram owner won. Uh, I see. Well, I I do like Eddie Lacy as someone who's going to step up his production, and I think it's not Eddie Lacy's fault. If you look at his production in those games, he did well. He had a good uh, yards per carry. Yeah. He was busting through the lines. He just wasn't given the ball enough times. But he's is, got almost five yards of carry. But right is now. this the fault of the Green Bay offense, and will it get better, or are things falling apart there? I mean, if you think things are falling apart there, then then you don't want anybody on that team. It's scary. I mean, you can almost look back to last year, and it was the same concern the first couple weeks last year. Like, oh, is this what it's like without Jordy Nelson? No, they're going to turn it around, Randall Cobb, question mark, blah, blah, blah. Almost the same thing this year. It's almost like defenses have figured out Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy over there, and they have to do something different. Yeah, no, I get it. The leading tower of cheese could be collapsing, you know? I don't know. They're still a dangerous team. I wouldn't worry about the Packers so much. Yeah, relax, right, Jason? uh, Yeah, relax. (laughs) R-E-L-A-X. They played a good Minnesota team at home. It took Stephon Diggs' best game of his career to beat them. Don't worry about the Packers. They'll have a good year. They'll make the playoffs. But they're not in the He's elite a Packers NFC fan, I think. Uh, conversation. We found his team of the year. Yeah, Packers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you have Aaron Rodgers as your first overall pick in a dynasty league, you're going to like the Packers. I've, I've seen a couple of clips of him this year just like looking lost, fumbling the ball, getting sacked. It's kind of sad. Well, we've yeah. seen Ben doing Ben things. Ben the, uh, doing Ben things. The, the pump fake where he fakes himself out was hilarious. It happens. It's just Ben doing Ben things. Let's take this small uh, whiskey break. Ben. Cheers, right. guys. Cheers, cheers, cheers. So the next guy that Nick wants to look at is Willie Sneed, right? This guy is not Ooh. a flash in the pan. Um, he's he, he compares him to Jarvis Landry. So Landry is um, a guy who is kind of a PPR monster. Sneed is going to score more touchdowns and I think get more yardage yeah. even. Uh, I like Willie Sneed a lot. I don't know that uh, you're going to fool anybody with no. his value because he's done well already. He's high. Um, but, you know... It's it's just fine to target guys who are playing well if you think they're going to continue to play well. Yep, absolutely. You want points down the line. You don't care about what points people have already scored at this point. Maybe, but keep in mind, uh, targets are important, right? Willie Sneed had nine targets in week one, eight targets in week two. Uh, that is 8.5 targets per game. I don't know why I have to loot my spreadsheet for that. Nine 
plus 8 divided by 2 is 8.5. Good math. Pretty yes, easy, is. right? It's not common core. It's pretty difficult. <laughs> common core. Jarvis Landry, on the other hand, has had 10 and 13 targets. Uh, so that's an average of 11.5. He is head and shoulders above Sneed in targets. Um, and I think that Tannehill is going to be throwing it um, to him constantly because he's the wide receiver one there. But Sneed is not necessarily the wide receiver one on the Saints. So that that is my only uh, con- contribution to this discussion. Keep that in mind, yes? That's a, that's a good contribution. I mean, what, what's tough about uh, New Orleans is really there's such a difference between Drew Brees playing outside and playing at home. So it's when Drew Brees is playing at home, fire up all your New Orleans Saints. But when he's playing outside, kind of like you've seen this week with uh, the Giants. <laughs> Ooh, it was tough. You got to be a little more. I mean, people were talking about last last year, they scored 101 points. This game's going to be a shootout. Eli Manning, top but five it wasn't, quarterback. It wasn't, it wasn't like a bad day out. It's September in New York it's City. It's September. It's beautiful. It it's bad. just the outside. Drew Brees, outside. Look, at, look at the numbers. Drew he Brees just doesn't do well. does yeah. not do well So outside. this week... They are in Atlanta. No, they're in Atlanta, but... They're at home. Are they? They're at home versus Atlanta. They are. They're They're, favored as well. Well, regardless, even in Atlanta, they're in a dome. I was going to say, even in Atlanta, they would be in a dome. The dome, the turf. So what you're saying is, Drew Brees... No matter where they play this week, as as long as they play the Falcons, they're inside. I I think Katrina kind of freaked him out a little bit, and he just wants a little, you know, roof (laughs) over his head. Home cooking. So Drew Brees at home... He needs to be near his Jimmy Jones. At home in the dome against Atlanta, which is a team that does not have a very good secondary, is going to put up 465 points. Is what you're saying? Yes, right? yes. Or, Start all your New Orleans Saints. So at least three touchdowns from Breeze. Oh, absolutely. Okay. You want to bet? No, I have him in like three leagues. I would, I would love that. <laughs> I will stand up and shout. You know. No, I can't say absolutely. I'd say. Uh, I agree I'd with you. I'd set the over under at two. This, this is a great matchup for for the Saints. And I also expect uh, Ingram to do a lot better uh, because they should be winning. I think Ingram bounced back. It could be a great Uh, game for the Saints. That said, uh, we talked about Matt Ryan, too. And And the Falcons. I think it's going to be a great great game for both teams. Yep. Great game all around. Great game. Uh, So next on uh, his list is (laughs) Mohamed Sanu. Speaking of the Falcons. um, So, you know, he likes Sanu as a weekly WR2. I I can I can see Sanu as somebody who you would fire up to start every week. He's certainly not someone who you're going to throw a lot of value at to to get onto your team, um, but he's someone to look at. And then you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Um, Fitzpatrick's played well. We already gushed about the Jets' offense earlier about how prolific you think that they're going to be, and I I tend to agree with that. Um, they've got a lot of really good talent there. They've got a good offensive line. So uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy that you could look for. Although I don't know that he's owned in a in a Large amount of leagues. Uh, so Ryan Fitzpatrick is currently no, I'm, owned I'm in, in Yahoo leagues in 41% of leagues. Yep. So uh, you may be able to just pick him up rather than having to trade for him. Um, so guys that you might want to trade away, guys you might look to offload. Uh, Travis Benjamin. Um, you sounded like Christopher Walken just there. I liked it. Oh, cool. I wish I could reproduce it. I, well, Please. I can, but not currently. <laughs> I'll get the soundbite for next week. <laughs> All right. So uh, Travis Benjamin is a guy who uh, may have more hype than uh, actual production going forward. Uh, right now, with all the injuries there, it's clear that he's going to be a big producer. Uh, but what if he's not? I am not, selling, not? I am not selling Benjamin right now. 
You, there's you no think chance. That there's, you're going to keep him and start him every week. If he's uh, Philip Rivers. Like he's got that awkward, like kind of like he throws like a girl type throw, but he loves to air the ball out. Yeah. And Travis Benjamin is the deep. He loves threat. to throw like a girl that can throw the ball sixty yards. Yeah, he can. He can <laughs> wing the ball, but watching him throw, I'm like, how? Where's that duck going? Um, <laughs> but Travis Benjamin, he's he's their only, and not their only deep threat. Uh, Williams could potentially be a deep threat as well, but I think he's going to be the targeted deep threat there. I want to see what's going to happen with that offense in a couple weeks to come. I'd, I'd be holding Benjamin. Yeah, so so the first game he played, he had seven receptions for 32 yards, and I remember it was all just a bunch of short passes. It looked like a great play for PPR, but not for much else. But we remember Travis Benjamin being on the Cleveland Browns and being the deep threat for Josh McCown. Uh, the second week he played with Phillip Rivers, he got six for 115 and two touchdowns. This was this past week. Um, if you look at his targets, he had eight targets in, in week one and six in week two. So he did way more with less. And I feel like uh, if we're talking about who's going to replace the Keenan Allen production, a lot of people say Tyrell Williams. Some people say Dontrell Inman. I think most of that goes to the number one receiver on the team, which is now Travis Benjamin. So you guys want to keep him? Because yeah, so do I. I'd be holding. I have Benjamin. to agree. But that said, I mean, all of this is uh, you know it's worked by the whole team yeah. here. So we don't have to agree with everything everybody says. And if you were to sell him now, this could be the high point for the entire year because this is 115 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this could be the best game he, he did, ever played. He did operate as the number one guy in Cleveland last year, and it worked. And with a better quarterback, I think he's going to be at least as good. But if you thought this was the best game he ever played, then you'd want to trade him. If you well, it's going to be hard to top that. If you can that, get something gonna, silly for him, then go for it. I well, think he's going to put up she, a lot of these. going to overpay for him. He's going to see a ton of targets every week. Not a, but just, you know, eight to ten targets. He and He's going to get his touchdowns. Just keep in mind that last year he almost got a thousand yards on sixty-eight receptions, but he only scored five touchdowns. On the Browns. He's already gotten two touchdowns here yep. with Rivers, so. Uh, the, 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 it looks like he's trending to be a really great receiver who's yep. going to take over Keenan Allen's role. But can he, uh, can he continue that production throughout the entire season? Yes. We don't know because he's a young player who's never put up more than three or 400 yards until last year. Yes, he so can. his breakout year then was last year yes, with the Cleveland Browns. And if you're breaking out with the Cleveland Browns, then uh, I guess you can break out with anybody. Yeah. Absolutely. Imagine when Josh Gordon winds up on another team. Oh, God. N- and not suspended. Uh, he sold at least three cars last year. <laughs> he did. He Record holder of NFL players probably selling cars last year. I'm sorry, Josh Gordon. I apologize. I, I, I loved the Josh Gordon hype train. Uh, I wish he was year. listening. Hi, Josh Gordon. Oh, that's weird. You're getting all, <laughs> you're getting all stupid, sexy is flanders. There, is there on anyone him. else? <laughs> you want to say I do? Do you want to whisper sweet nothings to any, anyone else? <laughs> Robbie Gold. <laughs> oh man! Did, but, I, did anyone pick him up? No, but we should do a pool on. Uh, we should do a pool on who on what team picks up free agent Robbie Gold. Who's gonna have the first injured kicker? In it, yeah, the first injured kicker will get, Robbie, gonna Gold. get Robbie. Based Gold. on historical evidence, it's the Steelers. Yes. Oh, true. Robbie Gold and yellow and gold. Oh, he, oh. there you go. <laughs> Based on current injury trends, it's the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, so, ACLs. Uh, Nick's other two guys to dump, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sold on them either. Crowell and Sims, unless you can get high value for them in return, then then that's fine. But, um, you know, they, they both look like, especially if Doug Martin has some injury problems, that they could be very valuable going down the line. Crowell, the biggest argument there is that they don't have a 
a quarterback, so you know, get rid of him before it looks really bad. Well, I, I understand the strategy, and it makes sense too, because you've got guys like Sims and Benjamin and Crowell. They're doing well now. There's nothing that says they're going to continue on that, you know. There's nothing that says that they're necessarily going to continue uh, on that on that trend with this team. So it it is not a bad statistical play to send them somewhere else for as much value as you can to someone who's more consistent over a longer period of years. So I totally get it. But we're saying that those guys, it might not be true. Well, Doug Martin, if he's out, he's going to be out for a couple weeks, right? He's not. He didn't like lose his leg. Running backs rarely. He lost his leg. <laughs> <laughs> they have to cut uh, just. Like six inches below the knee. So if someone's gonna trade, if someone's gonna <laughs> trade, gonna get shin replacement. If someone's gonna trade for Sims as a number one running back replacement for a couple weeks from you, uh, you might get more value out of that trade than you ever get for Sims if Doug Martin plays for the rest of the year. Yeah. So I mean, it's tough to argue with his uh, analysis, but I do think that those players, at least for me, Sims and Benjamin, could be holds for the rest of the year if you need those guys on your roster. Yeah, I almost agree with his Crowell. Um, you know, it's a, last year, Quill had his opportunity. Duke, jo- uh, Duke Johnson started taking over. That's why he was drafted so and high That this could year. happen again. That could happen again. Right. Um, you know, Crowell right now, I think out of those three, is the highest he's going to be right now. And he has the most potential to dip down. I like Sims to continue. His ceiling's going to continue to go up. And I think Travis Benjamin's ceiling's going to continue to go up. Okay. Um, a couple guys that I wanted to throw in the list. Um, Alan Hearns, I think, is someone who you should look at acquiring. Um, he has not you know, impressed like he has last year. So I think people may have drafted him a little too high. People that were really high on the Jaguars, like myself. Um, so, you know, Alan Hearns, somebody to look for. <laughs> My only issue with that is the Jaguars <laughs> haven't been doing very well. There, a lot of people on the NFL Network are calling them the Sadguars. <laughs> so... I mean, as long as they do better in general, then Hearns should should pick up. Uh, he had more targets. Look, last there's going to be plenty of garbage Robinson, time in the Jaguars' future. The sad Guars' future. They're sad they're Guars. questioning the the offensive play calling. So and... Is it Sadsonville? No, that's not. That's that's a stretch. Uh, but they're questioning the uh, the effectiveness of Blake Bortles and the the how good the offensive line and the offensive play calling are this year. Now I, I understand I'm with you and I also like the Jaguars, but man, if they don't pick it up, then they're gonna probably end up losing uh, their their coach or their GM or something after this year because if they don't get better after all the stuff they did in the off season, then there's something wrong. As long as it's not their owner, I'm okay. <laughs> Shad Khan, he's a man. He is. <laughs> Uh, and then I think that you should be looking to dump Jeremy Langford if you can. Uh, he does have two touchdowns, uh, but he hasn't even broken 20 points over two games. Um, so trade him before people realize who he is? Exactly. Before people <laughs> realize that Kerry is out. Uh, before people realize that Jordan Howard is going to start taking more carries. Yeah, even this last game, you've seen Jordan Howard and Kerry in there, and you're like, what was up? I, I had to Once look Langford on- fumbled, he did not come back in the game. I had a bowling league last night, and I had to miss kind of Monday night football. I had no idea what was going on, so I was just okay. tuned into Reddit, and I'm watching. And like, you mean you didn't look, watch the Bears and Eagles game? No, it was so exciting. I know. Yeah. It was so exciting. Do you know what kind of crap you missed? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was better than the 49ers and the Rams, but not by a lot. <laughs> we can see the Cowboys versus the Bears next week. That's going to be awesome. That'll be great. Yeah. I can't wait for this prime time. Oh, so good. Yeah, they're really getting us started on prime. At least the Thursday night game looks okay. We're being sarcastic. For those of you people who don't uh, <laughs> don't get it, these are not good games. 
I think you can pick up sarcasm a little bit better it's kind in of audio like you, rather uh, than the internet. Going to the Tennessee Jacksonville game, isn't that right? Yeah, I might I might actually attend the Jacksonville uh and uh and Tennessee game. And I, I, I like a couple of players on those teams. Um, but the most exciting part is how cheap the tickets are for good t- to good seats. Yeah, I think that you're going to have a great time in Carolina, yeah. or I mean, in Nashville. And I'm going to Carolina to see the Nashville Tennessee. Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> see the Tennessee Jacksonville game. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to look. I'm going to go to a bar in Carolina and I'll watch it. It'll be cool. You should stay in New York while you're there. Or it's like, hey, you know, what are you going to do when you're in Europe? Well, I'm going to watch the 49ers <laughs> on TV in a pub. <laughs> Oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so make sure you go to the website and check out uh, Nick's trading advice if uh, you want to make a trade this uh, season. You, and you should make trades. I think trades are uh, some of the best ways that you can you know, take resources on your team and apply them elsewhere. It's, it's the only way to do it, really. It's, <laughs> it's the best way to take a player from your team, put him on someone else's team, <laughs> and, and get another player from their team in return. It's fantastic. Thank you, Mitch. <laughs> But yeah, uh, <laughs> drink5.com is what we really want to uh, broadcast out there. I'm going to make some shirts uh, soon, I think. So, uh, those yeah, we need some swag yeah, to so, give out to people. So we'll have some swag. I'll set up a, uh, maybe a website where you can order yourself some Drink 5 swag, and it'll be beautiful and sexy. It'll be it'll be it'll be really neat. Really good swag. Really good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, this week, uh, Dave set in for our uh, normal who do I start guy Troy. So Dave has some recommendations for who to get in your lineup this week. Uh, recommendation number one, um, which apparently thirty percent of leagues are totally ignoring, is that you should start Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan is only owned in seventy percent of leagues, which is absurd. Dave's right here, man. Dave's here, man. Dave's Dave is here, man. Um, but Dave, I mean, Matt Ryan, do you own him in any leagues? Did you draft him anywhere? Uh, I think I have him in one league. And, okay. uh, and of course he's starting. And yeah, he's absolutely starting. Uh, but for, in most circumstances, I didn't take him because over the past couple of years, he has been lagging behind some of the other top quarterback prospects. Uh, not the case this year and it remains to be seen if that's going to continue, but stats say so far that he is the best fantasy quarterback in the NFL. And that's on top of a guy like Cam Newton, who is already playing at a ridiculous level. And so that's what stats say. Exactly. Stats. Numbers don't lie. Sometimes science is more art than science, Morty. A lot of people don't get that. <laughs> what can you say after that? All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's not owned by 30% of people in Yahoo leagues. Maybe those 30% are sleeping. I'm not sure. But some of them at least should go and pick him up. And I assume that tomorrow, after the waiver's clear in most leagues, that he's going to be owned in probably 90% of leagues. Yeah. Because, I mean, how many programs like ours uh, on NFL Network, on other websites like Roto World and, and FF Toolbox and, and a whole bunch of others, how many podcasts are beating this into people's heads right now? A ton. Matt Ryan is the dead horse. Uh, the dead horse? No, well, you... you beat the dead horse and he's... He's been beaten. It was interesting to see <laughs> if Matt Ryan is is a metaphorical dead horse or not. Uh, a good dead horse. I we'll, don't know. We'll the, bears a, are, the Bears are the dead horse this year. They're just going to get yeah, beaten. We can call him a dead falcon, maybe no, or something. He, I uh, I looked into it, and uh, he is available in two out of the three fantasy leagues I'm in. And uh, <laughs> you should draft him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going him, to. I'm yes. going after him. And then in the third league, the person that has him has Aaron Rodgers, and uh, they have not started him. So, yeah. 
He's do, owned in seventy. I'd be curious what the number is. How many starts? Do you do you guys mind if I uh, if I kind of lightning around this? Yeah, go. Please go for it. Okay, so Fitzpatrick we talked about earlier, number thirteen in total fantasy points out of all of the quarterbacks that are out there. So again, a great guy to pick up if uh, people are hoarding quarterbacks in your league, or if you have someone who's just been crap or is injured. Owned in forty-one percent of Yahoo leagues, which means that he's not owned in the other fifty-nine percent. Uh, running backs: Isaiah Crowell that we mentioned earlier, one hundred and thirty-three yards and a touchdown. Uh, there was pretty much just one play where he had like eighty and a touch, which is why he had those stats. But we expect Crowell to keep running, right? Because that's his job. Mark Ingram versus Atlanta. He has not really had the opportunities on offense that he needs. With only 21 carries over two games, people can say that Mark Ingram has not been living up to expectations, but it's not his fault because the play calling is not giving the ball to Mark Ingram. So is that going to turn around for him? Or, I mean, why would they change the play calling at this point? Well, he scored a ton of points already. Against uh, in the week one because they're zero and two because New Orleans is not doing well with their current play calling schemes, <laughs> so they need to give the ball to someone who is you know who's proven commodity on that on that squad. And we talked about uh, running who's calling their plays. Did they do the same thing last week where it's the new guy calling the, all the plays? Like you said before, uh, it's not Sean Payton calling all of the plays pretty much ever. But I did not see any news on whether or not uh, he was back to calling the majority of the plays or all of the plays uh, were still going to the offensive, uh, uh, the OC that's upstairs. I'm not really sure. Okay. But what they need to do is definitely kind of regroup and figure out a, a better way to do this. And so I would say against the Falcons, it's an excellent matchup for uh, running backs. And this could be the catalyst for a top 10 fantasy performance for Ingram. If it's not, if he does not reach those numbers, then it's something to be worried about. Uh, Mike Wallace, we've talked about a couple times. I was one of the biggest proponents of him in the offseason because him and Flacco just kept connecting for these really long touchdown plays. And it looks like, and it looked like to me originally, that he finally had a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger that could throw him the ball accurately downfield. Before they had Teddy Bridgewater and he had Ryan Tannehill, and they were never really connecting at all. So Wallace is now a guy who's going to jump out. That stat line's going to be awesome, and he's going to finish as a top 20 wide receiver in the end of the season. Agree. Um, Kyle Rudolph is going up against Carolina. Well, you guys are just having a fun time tonight. It's fantastic. Uh, is, there, is there a secret that I'm not that I don't know about? Your opinion means very little to me. Well, maybe I need to take a couple shots to catch up with these gentlemen. <laughs> but let me finish up my list. Kyle Rudolph, uh, not normally recommended against the Panthers' defense, but Rudolph has proved to be one of the highest-targeted Vikings pass catchers. He had eight targets in Week 1, eight targets in Week 2, and he's the number 10 tight end so far in the season. So he, uh, he is doing a pretty good job and is, is not only uh, worth being owned in most, most leagues, but is, is worth being started right now. Uh, with an upgrade to quarterback in Sam Bradford, I think we'll see more Rudolph as a red zone threat, especially because there's no Adrian Peterson. So I don't think we'll see quite as many uh, runs at the goal line from the McKinnon Asiata crew and a little bit more of those uh, quick passes that Sam Bradford is actually good at uh, because he is an upgrade uh, to Teddy Bridgewater and the best quarterback that they've had on that Vikings team since Brett Favre, I guess. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's so weird to hear. The best Vikings quarterback since Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, but true. you're right. I mean, Sam Bradford, they actually have a quarterback there. Um, somebody to get the ball to Kyle Rudolph because he is a talented pass-catching tight end. And because Stefan Diggs can't catch all the passes. He's Not gonna, every week. He's going to be seeing more coverage. I mean, he's he's making a real deal for himself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Rudolph. Rudolph's oh, totally. Be a it's nice like Will target. Fuller in week one. Nobody yep. bothered to cover him. Yep. Um, so, a couple of matches to kind of uh, highlight for this week. Uh, coming up, we've got the Thursday night matchup. Uh, Houston Texans at New England Patriots. The Texans are actually favored by two and a half points in this game which is interesting, but um, we don't yet know who's going to start at quarterback for the New England Patriots. Um, and then you've also got uh, you know lots of good things happening on the Houston Texans side. Um, so do you think there's going to be any surprises in this game, or do you think Houston's going to be able to go in there and win the game? I'd have to take the Patriots. Because the home. Patriots at home with... Uh, kind of like I joked about earlier, it doesn't matter who's in at quarterback for the Patriots. Like Bill Belichick is going to plan, he's going to build a game well, plan it did, around it. Well, it didn't matter for a while there, and it doesn't matter if it's Tom Brady or if it's Garoppolo, but I think it does matter if, if it's the third-string quarterback. It does. If it's um, Julian Edelman. <laughs> it does matter if it's Julian Edelman. You know, Osweilders look content in Houston's offense. I think, you know, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Well, the the New England defense is still pretty decent. Yeah. So up against the Houston team, you know that has uh, that has some rookies on it. Oh, for sure, and I, some some very early. Houston on only had to play Chicago in Week One. Kansas City Week Two. You know, Kansas City has been okay this year. Not great. Um, that's like, not the Kansas City of the last couple of years. Yeah, that's like talking about uh, Carson Wentz having an amazing performance, which he kind of did uh, for his first two starts, but he was playing Cleveland and then Chicago. Right. <laughs> so this is going to be the first big test for Houston. I would say that New England's already had a big test week one in the Sunday night game against Arizona when they went on the road and won. That was so we Jim- know that New England can win big games. Um, that but, was with a healthy Jimmy G. I mean, uh, and if, Mike, you got a drink for saying Oswalder. <laughs> if, if Houston has any hopes of being a serious team this year, they need to win this game because, you know, they, they're going to be playing, you know, the 2.5 two to number 3 quarterback. Do you want me to tweet them that right now? <laughs> yes, just, just remind them that it's important to win this week. If you have any hopes of being a serious team, you must win this week. Well, I mean, if you can't win this game, <laughs> then you can't win the big game, and that's their problem. Sure, yes. Uh, so another game that I'm interested in is the Giants who are playing in Washington against the Redskins, uh, mostly because there's a matchup of two guys in this game oh, that no, happened Beckham last year. Oh, and Josh Norman? Yeah. Well, Josh Norman, exclusively with Washington, is only on the left side. Yeah, he's only playing the one That's, side Doesn't now. that seem like I'm a, gonna, the a bad quote scheme? It, it's his office. Regardless of whether or not it's a bad from one scheme. Till four. Well, well, the tough thing is in Carolina they had so much talent that they they had the mentality to you know when he moves around it moves everybody else's position because as opposed does, to playing that side and you know playing that scheme uh, you know they have to shift too and Washington is another dumpster fire. Oh, I don't know uh, I like, if they've reached dumpster fire status yet this Kirk year. Kirk Cousins has been disappointing. Like I, I wouldn't, I shouldn't say dumpster fire, but um, they're not there yet. They did no. only score what six against the no, Steelers, but against the Steelers, you know what uh, the Steelers did with Antonio Brown? We lined them up on the other side, right? And it seems like it's not hard for teams easy. to understand yeah. Yeah. that you yeah. just you, you put him on the other side that's not has Josh Norman on it, and you're okay. But so then, who, <laughs> who are why you? doesn't Washington want to adjust to that? 
maybe Josh Norman only wants to be in one side of the field. I mean, we're not inside of the organization. That's tough. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do it this week against Odell Beckham, so I wouldn't hesitate to sit Odell Beckham this week against Josh Norman. I don't think we'll be sitting Odell. Yeah, nobody's going to no. be sitting Odell. I wouldn't be scared. Of course. Okay, well, you know, it'll be an interesting game to watch. The Giants haven't uh, been able to do uh, in you know lots of explosiveness on offense. They've been methodical. They've put up a lot of yards. They haven't scored a ton of points yet. Uh, maybe Washington is a dumpster fire and New York puts up 35. It's I scary totally to think the it. Eagles could run away with that division. <laughs> run away being yeah, a good word. The Eagles could run away with that division. Uh, so the Carolina Panthers are playing in, in no at home against Minnesota. <laughs> I you know I I, I, heard, I have a list of the teams and it's in a strange order. He it's deserves another shot, off. that man. So the Carolina Panthers are favored six and a half points in Carolina against the Vikings. Um, you know, this is what I think could be a preview of the NFC Championship game. It could, yeah. I totally think that Minnesota can make it there. I think that Carolina still has the talent to go back. Um, Arizona has not shown to me that they're a team that's going to take a step forward. So, you know, they could easily get knocked out. Um, yeah, poor Arizona. They, they, they had all the chips lined up, and they just don't seem to be executing on their offense this year. Right. So they have a lot of time to figure that out. Um they actually about fourteen games. Yeah, they play Buffalo. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to feature them. Well, actually, uh, less than that, right? Yeah, fourteen more games. Yeah, but I mean, you can't figure it out like on the thirteenth game. You shouldn't. You, you should probably <laughs> figure it out sooner than that. Uh, so the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that has it figured out right now against yeah. the Eagles. Also, have cheers it figured out. Cheers. This is a two and zero uh, oh. to two and zero. So we're, we're seriously cheers in here. Yes. Here we go, Steelers. The Steelers are in Philly. And they're favored, but that's because uh, it's because they're the Betters best team the in the NFL. Betters love the Steelers. I cannot imagine the Eagles beating the Steelers. That that would be ridiculous. I would make any <laughs> bet right now that the Steelers win this week. I think I would probably. I, yeah, I'm with you. I feel like I should bet against the Steelers just for shits and giggles. That seems like a terrible idea. I, it's a bad Do idea. It. You got you would get double. You want to give me double the line? You want to give me 11 points? Depends on the line. No, the line not... is five and a half. No, I'll give you double, double, double the value. The bet. Yeah, double the bet, oh, you give not me two double to the one points. Value yeah. on the bet. Right, yeah, like if you if want we... to bet one six-pack, we're going to throw in two. I uh, see. <laughs> I'll throw in four. But then he has to bet on the Eagles against the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, then I have to bet for the Eagles against the Steelers. And I, have, <laughs> I have no faith in that happening at all. Because really. you're a Steelers fan this year. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I think the Steelers are a good team. I don't think that makes me a fan. Okay. I'll get you. All right. <laughs> one, of these, one of these days. <laughs> one of these days. Um, the Sunday night game looks like its very own little dumpster fire, um, but the Monday night game does look good. It's New Orleans playing Atlanta in New Orleans, we determined earlier. Uh, New Orleans slightly favored in this one, three and a half, but, you know, you get the three-point the three home advantage sort of thing. Um, anyways, I hope that this is the game that we didn't get last week uh, against the Giants. So um, I'm looking for the Saints to... Uh, turn it around, put up a bunch of points, the Falcons to do the same, and uh, it should be, you know, a hell of a good Monday night game. We should get a lot of points. And if you're, you know, waiting for Monday night points to win, then, uh, you know, it may work out for you. True Breeze at home and the number one uh, fantasy player of the year so far. Yeah, there's going to be points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Points. 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 Agreed. All right. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>
Drink five, everyone, and then drink five more. Thank you very much for joining us tonight on the podcast. And we'll be around next week at 8.30 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday night. Sammy.